You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I am the old Mary guy, the consummate professional. One said Alvin Kamara wasn't worth the first round pick. Tried to make bloop a thing. Eli Manning's not a Hall of Famer. Your humble host, Pete Rogers, joined by all of the guys. Oh, it's been so long since we've had the podcast and so long since we've had a full crew of men aboard. The champion of Dagos Everywhere, the man who single-handedly destroyed the Jaguar season, the founder, president, and treasurer of the Got a Chub for Nick Chubb fan club, Mr. Independent Drinker Clark Burns. We have the master of sources, Mr. Stay on Brand, Jimmy Graham's cornhole partner, the future ring bearer of Aaron Rodgers and Danica Patrick's wedding, wanted to fire Mike McCarthy before it was cool, Jordan Smith, and finally, whoo, it's been a while since he's been on, but he's here, the number two Walter Sobchak, but the number one Tarzan, hashtag free the stash, Super Bowl 49 was a weird game for me, Principal Trunchbull is my spirit animal, the man, the myth, the legend, Ginger Nick, guys, how are we doing after a lengthy Thanksgiving break? Still trying to wake up. I know. It is it, after any like stretch of time where you don't have work to do, you don't really have things to do, you're just kind of sitting around eating. It's very hard to get back into the swing of things. That's certainly something that I've noticed for myself. How was everyone's Thanksgiving? What did you guys do? Anything, any memorable stories of fights amongst family members while you bring up the fact that you really should have started uh, Amari Cooper? <laughs> Nope, I I did the usual. I ate a surplus amount of turkey and took a nap during the second football game of the day. That's that's about my brand. <laughs> I went to three Thanksgivings and rode two ferries. Damn. Well, yeah. well delve more into that. I three just, Thanksgiving. I, how does that work? I got two that I got to go to for my family, and then mm-hmm. I went to my significant others, which is over on an island. So her whole family flew in from out of town. So it, yeah, I think I got home at like one or two a.m. or something. It was, yeah. So how did you deal with three different Thanksgiving meals that you had to actively be a part of? Otherwise, it would just be rude. The last one was just dessert. <laughs> That's legit. That's legit. Nothing wrong with that. Clark, how was yours? It was great. Went to Dallas. I uh, got to let the new dog run around on the property. Uh, came. From my mom's uh, kind of mother-in-law plan garage apartment outside in the morning, going over to the big house to my sister running outside saying, uh, we've had to call an ambulance. Please get the dogs. So that was fun. Oh, uh, no. Kids fall. Kids fall. Oh, They're okay. fine. You know, little concussion. We put her in the protocol. She's going to be ready to go <laughs> week 13. You know, She'll th- so. We'll throw her right back in. She's yeah, squirrely. She's we put her under the blue tent. Everything checked out. Oh, well, that's good. That's good. Well, I hope you didn't load her up with Tortorol at all or whatever that, that is <laughs> no, that they do. Not. Glossy-eyed, 
eating her turkey, drooling out the gravy. <laughs> she has to be a part of it. So, Michael, I have a question for you guys uh, because this is something that Becca and I had a, a rather lengthy discussion with and as we stay on uh, the holiday segment. When is too soon to put up Christmas decorations? Is there I'm okay a, with it the day after. The day after? There's not like after a, a statute limitation where it's like, you got to, you know, Thanksgiving is passed. Give it a little bit of time. Jordan's like, Thanksgiving's done. Boom. Decorations go up. It, it's okay as long as you like, you put it up, but you, you take it easy. Don't just like start coming on with all the Christmas music and the Christmas cheer right away. Just ease into it slowly but surely. And then once December hits, you can do the... 25 days of christmas special or whatever the hell you want to do christmas music never we <laughs> listen to the same crappy songs for at least the 863 years that i've been alive uh so never christmas music christmas decorations i mean you got to give it a couple of weeks after halloween right after halloween then you're good to get your prime your first wreath <laughs> up. So I'm actually down with Christmas music early. I'm probably not going to go to the uh, the trouble of putting up lights and stuff early. But like, I, I drove my my uh, my dad and stepmom and, and my siblings all out to the tree farm the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah, we just got our tree today, and that's what kind of sparked this discussion or my thought of bringing it as a discussion because I was like, it seems a little early for a Christmas tree, but I was told that I was wrong, and in a marriage. This is something you guys will learn. In a marriage, you sometimes have to let your partner win and pick your battles. See, I'm okay with the Christmas tree getting and putting up decorations right after Thanksgiving because I feel like that's a time when, uh, I mean, it's the only time really when people are actually home for the holidays before Christmas because I don't really know if anybody's coming back before then to do the whole get together as a family, put the tree up type of thing, so... That's fair. Nick, I have to know, have you worked retail during the holiday season? No. That's why you don't hate Christmas music. I'm sorry, <laughs> three minutes in. It's okay. That's why you don't hate Christmas music. So I'm going to begrudgingly give you a pass, even though you are wrong about Thanks, Christmas man. music. <laughs> Thanks, <that>. man. <laughs> <laughs> Nick was always the most polite one on the podcast. Now we're talking about Pete Carroll. <laughs> that's that's fair speaking of retail where do we stand on uh black friday shopping did anybody do any of that oh yeah we we did all of ours last night and now currently there's like maybe almost a thousand dollars sitting on my credit card from doing christmas gifts for everyone in my family and becca's family and just all at once it's like always smart to do it right at once because you're just like gotta get it done here we go but then you look at your credit card bill and you're like oh my god did i really need to do all of that at once it does feel good to get it done with just immediately. Yeah. I uh, I bought my girlfriend some... Clearly she doesn't listen to the podcast, Nicholas. <laughs> God. I like it. We're going to just put a... Here's what we'll do. I'll put a very lengthy beep right there so she thinks that you got her this like super elaborate <laughs> thing. And then she'll ultimately get... And she'll be like, oh... Oh, thanks. Not that she was thinking you were going to buy her a, a, a little island getaway in the middle of, you know, I don't know. Who knows what a long bleep could could possibly lead to. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to, I got Becca's Christmas gift too, but I'm not going to say it on this podcast because she does listen. Oh, burn Nicholas. Salt on that wound. Oh. <laughs> I got 30 days. I got, I'm not You got time. <laughs> <laughs> Clark is in the spirit of making gifts, which is even more personal than 
buying Black Friday stuff. So sure. We're learning. If our if our others are listening, significant others listening to this podcast, they've learned so much about us. You know, this is where you get all of the secrets out is by listening to the RB1 podcast. Another reason to subscribe. Uh let's talk football. Uh, not only did we have an exciting week 12, uh, first of all, this is our 90th episode. Just wanted to throw that out there. Like, good for us. Pat on the old back, 10 away from 100. What up? We should do something. We'll do something real fun to celebrate 100. Uh, anyways, uh, welcome everyone to, obviously this week, we're going to talk, uh, what do we have on the plan? We got some fantasy playoff hot takes because the playoffs are just around the corner slash starting for at least my leagues. Uh, we're going to do the you help no one for this week. Uh, I really wanted to quickly talk about Demarius Randall giving the ball that he intercepted to Hugh Jackson on the sideline and Hugh Jackson taking it and patting him on the helmet. But I, I, that was basically all I had to say about it. Don't feel like we, we yeah. there's more. And, and no one cares about the Bengals or the Browns. So. <laughs> no. So there we go. Share that little fun tidbit. Uh, but let's get right into the action then. Let's talk about the the players who helped no one this week, and we will queue up the award music, and we will start off with our first nominee for You Helped No One in Week 12. And we'll bring back our, our British announcer for this. Our first nominee for the You Helped No One Award, the Saints stars as Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, and Michael Thomas all scored under 11 PPR points. Kamara with 10, Ingram with 8, and Thomas with 8, despite the fact that Drew Brees threw somehow for 4 touchdowns. Number two nominee was LeGarrett Blunt, who ran for 88 yards on 19 attempts and two touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers comes in as your third nominee with 198 yards and only one touchdown. The always, always prevalent on this list, Jordan Howard, we should just name this the Jordan Howard Award, uh, had seven attempts for 13 yards, one reception for two yards, and then finally, the final nominee for You Helped No One this week, Robert Foster, who had two receptions for 94 and one touchdown. Nicholas, who is your nominee for this week? The the Saints Brigade, because, I mean, it's a three-in-one package we got going on. It is on a three-in-one package. Um, it's a Black Friday sale. <laughs> it is. Nice. Okay. Well, we can just move past this. Did you almost say Robert Frost? Because the, I almost said Robert Frost. <laughs> I probably struggle with that. I, I wanted to add like a Forrester, like the car, but but yeah, Robert Frost also probably tripped me up or tripped our British announcer up because clearly that wasn't me doing the amazing British accent. Drove a Forrester for 10 years. Oh, there you go. Then it fell apart and died like twice, actually. We already know you're from the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> <laughs> just your just your regular reminder. Uh, Clark, who's your nominee? And so I went with LeGarrette Blood this week. I'm absolutely desperate on waivers. You've picked him up just hoping that he falls in the end zone and gets you 12 yards. And since he didn't, when I tried to do that a couple of weeks ago and did this week, I'm vindictively picking him for my you helped no one. Good. Just burn. Scorn him even more. He deserves it. Jordan, who's your nominee? Um, I'm going with the Saints stars because I feel like People are really heavily relying on Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara to deliver week in and week out. And you have to feel a little worried, especially over the past two weeks, that Drew Brees is not depending on them as much to start putting up points. So the spreading around of the football might impact some of their fantasy value. Not all of it because they're studs, but just a tad. Not at a good time either. Yeah. 
they they're my pick too um because anytime you look at it you look at the stats and you're like oh drew Brees threw for four touchdowns great that seems good the uh the falcons also have the fourth worst uh run defense in terms of fantasy points allowed to running backs and so you're like great the Saints, Drew Brees threw a lot of touchdowns. Uh, the Saints probably got a lot of rushing yards. That means Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, and Michael Thomas, and even Traquan Smith, probably all eight, probably all did a really good job. None of them did anything. Traquan Smith is my, I didn't even have him on that list, but I personally can experience the Traquan Smith roller coaster because I added him this week and I started him because I had a, a bunch of, well, the Rams were all on by, so I couldn't start Brandon Cook. So I was like, all right, I need to replace him. And I was all like, you know, look, Traquan Smith's coming off a big game. He's now finally being very integrated into the Saints offense, being something, being a, a legit number two receiver who's getting hi- highly targeted by Drew Brees. And they're playing the uh, Falcons, which is destined to be a shootout. But does he get anything? No, he's not even on that list. Michael Thomas got you eight points. Like all of these guys, when the Saints have a huge game, you expect their stars to perform and give you fantasy points, especially leading right into the playoffs. And they didn't. So poo-poo to you. They are my uh, nominee for this week. And unsurprisingly, if we go to faketeams.com, where we have a poll every single week so that you, the lovely listeners, can tune in and give your votes, uh, the Saints stars are also the resounding vote there. And thus, they have won the Week 12 You Help No One Award uh, for doing a whole bunch of nothing, despite the fact that Drew Brees had a very productive fantasy day. So, way to go, Saints stars. You helped no one this week. Yeah, with the Rams and Chiefs uh, on by, I was very excited to play the absolute buzzsaw number one team in my league this week, and the Saints guys kind of sunk me. So, thanks. So, Clark also. Everyone, everyone, they somehow affected everyone, and that to me is why they're deserving of winning this award. So, there you go. Excellent. Now that we got that out of the way, let's go on. The fantasy playoffs are either starting for some people. They started for myself. This is the first week of them. And so what we're going to do to get you primed for the next couple of weeks, to get you primed for this most important stretch of the fantasy season, either you're battling for a championship or you're just hoping that you can win out so you don't lose your league, we are going to do a couple fantasy playoff hot takes. Um, where we will give you the flaming truths that you are too blind and too stubborn to see right before your eyes. Uh, And Jordan, we'll start with you. Uh, What is your first playoff hot take that is bound to come true despite what people are thinking? Yeah, so my um, playoff superlative, this first one isn't extremely hot, but um, I think T.Y. Hilton continues to heat up over the course of the next few weeks and into the playoffs. And he's the type of number one receiver that you're going to be able to lean on. Um, He's over the last two games, he's averaging eight catches for 140 yards and a touchdown. Um, There was a little bit of worry. Uh, We got like a wave of IR um, designations just today. Um, And Jack Doyle was one of those guys. So there was a worry that he might take passes away from T Y and Eric Ebron, but that is clearly not the case. Um, and during week 15 and 16, they have two home games, um, and they're also six and five. So the Colts are battling for a playoff spot yet that, uh, week 15 and 16 games are against the Cowboys, which ranked 26 by DVOA against the pass and the giants, which ranked 27th in DVOA against the pass. So I'm all in on T.Y. Hilton being able to be that receiver that you kind of ride along into the, um, playoffs, especially as, 
some teams are just going to end up throwing in the towel. I see that with the Bengals. I can see that with uh, my Green Bay Packers, which I kind of hope that they do throw in the towel. Why try to struggle for a playoff pick when you're not going to beat the Saints or the Rams anyway? Um, yeah, what, if teams are throwing in the towel, I don't see the Colts being one of them. So, Dude, I love this. I think this is a super sick pick, and I really like you bringing up the, uh, the, the Jack Doyle uh, effect. I, I saw Evan Silva tweet something about like uh, Ebron alone is averaging like six and a half more targets with Doyle out, which is insane. So Ty, hell yeah! Watching the, I watched a little bit of the Dolphins Colts game. <clears throat> First of all, Andrew Luck, good God, man, I love that. He lo- he's looking gorgeous out there, and he's tossing that pigskin all over the field. Uh, but the way that they're using Ty too is starting to get reminiscent of earlier before, right before Luck got injured. And we talked about this on the podcast. I think Clark, who has been a big Ty supporter for the entirety of this show uh, in the fantasy realm, uh, had talked about this a lot. Where Ty was just evolving before Luck got injured into that do-it-all receiver. He wasn't just a speed burner down the field uh, that he kind of came into the league as, but he was starting to develop uh, the ability to run very crisp intermediate routes, be able to you know make defenders miss uh, when he gets the ball quick on screens, yada, yada, yada. And I think you saw all of that on display in Miami. He had big crossing plays across the middle that he got and broke for big plays. He had big deep shots. He had a whole bunch of screens that they were looking to get the ball to him quickly. So I love it. I think he, with Jack Doyle out and with and with especially Marlon Mack in concussion protocol, where you don't know how long he's going to be out. I know that boosts Clark's boy Naheem Hines, but I just I think the Colts are going to look to get the ball into Ty's hands as often as they can and as creatively. I think they're going to do a whole bunch of different stuff with him, and he's the kind of receiver who will be able to utilize that and make the most out of it. Yeah, I'm relying on Ty Hilton in a lot of leagues, so I can't say anything nice about him on the podcast so as to not jinx him. Fair. I agree with your um, your take there too, Pete, about T.Y. starting to evolve into that overall receiver. Um, I think last time we spoke about this very thing, we equated him to his um, Pop Warner football mate Antonio Brown and how he was starting to be turned into more of a receiver like that. And I, I think just with T.Y.'s injuries earlier in the season and obviously Andrew Luck having his injury history the way it was, it slowed down that progress, but... My inkling is that the last two games were him starting to reheat up and he's going to be a a wide receiver one. Perfect. I love it and I agree. My first playoff hot take Uh, is a hot one. I like to think so. Uh, and that is in the quarterback department. Dak Prescott will outscore Aaron Rodgers the rest of the season total fantasy points. Uh, this is not as crazy as it sounds because in the last four weeks, Rodgers has only scored seven more points than Dak Prescott. And Dak Prescott has posted two 20-plus games in that time where Rodgers has only posted one. We're seeing Dak trend very much upwards. He and Amari Cooper are getting on the same page. That Cowboys offense is becoming more explosive. They also have Dak is going to face the second easiest schedule for quarterbacks uh, in terms of fantasy points allowed the rest of the season. So he is peaking at the perfect time. I also think that the Cowboys are now in the thick of the playoff hunt. They are now leading the NFC East, which is just preposterous to think about, I believe, now that they've defeated Washington and that Washington has no hope of doing anything because Alex Smith's leg is in shatters. Um, 
So I think the Cowboys are going to be constantly looking to keep winning games and keep pushing forward. Meanwhile, uh, the Packers, Jordan alluded to this, I think they've kind of given up on the season. And I think Aaron Rodgers is leading that boat. He didn't necessarily look all that keyed in or or focused or excited, I guess, during the Sunday night game against the Vikings. And not only that, but they also have a decent schedule against uh, that they're going up against. Rodgers faces the Jets, who are 20th in points allowed to quarterbacks. The Cardinals, who are surprisingly 29th. Uh, and then the Bears, who are 31st. And I just, I think that, he is he doesn't have anything he wants to keep playing for i think he actually kind of wants to tank because he knows that that will get mccarthy out of there who knows if that's true i saw that as a hypothetical reason on the on the ringer and i was like i'm going to run was with that, that. A, was that an espn article that, yeah. I didn't <laughs> that was that's exactly what was like does aaron Rodgers colon wants to tank to fire mike mccarthy question mark i who, i mean how could you disagree with that headline so i just i don't think that I don't think that the trajectory, I think the trajectory of the Cowboys and the Packers are going completely in opposite directions. Dak is peaking and has an easy schedule in front of him for the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers has a difficult schedule and he doesn't really care anymore. I I think Dak Prescott is just going to outperform him for the rest of the season. There's a hot take for you. Dude, that's a super hot take and I hate myself, but I agree with you. Uh, Cowboys, their, their schedule is good and everything you just said about the Packers seems super valid. Um, did you guys Collinsworth talking about how it's a blessing and a curse that McCarthy has had Rodgers? How is it? How where because he gets a job, right? Yeah, he he wouldn't be employed. Actually, you know what? He probably would be employed. He'd be he'd probably be coaching your team, Clark. That's a curse (laughs) that you just. I like that's that's Nick's form of like the lowest of lows. He's like, what would he be doing without Aaron Rodgers? He'd be coasting the Houston Texans. Come on. He would be our mediocre offensive genius ruining yet another promising young quarterback. Oh, God. It should be strictly a blessing, but it's a curse in that with Aaron Rodgers, you should make the playoffs. Like that should just be – that should be easy. When you're, when you're calling plays that make it difficult for him to play well, like – he has to play two defenses. He has to play McCarthy and the actual defense. The fact that it took Mike McCarthy eight to nine games to figure out that, oh, shit, uh, Aaron Jones is really good and we should give him the ball 15 times per game is just flabbergasting to me that an NFL, a professional NFL coach takes half the season to figure out that, oh, wow, this guy's really good. Maybe we should get the ball to him. Oh, wow, look what happens when he does it. Our whole offense opens up. It's ridiculous. As the resident Packer fan on the podcast, I will say that if I had Aaron Rodgers and Dak Prescott on my fantasy roster, I might need a little bit of convincing to not play Aaron Rodgers. Um, Chances are by now I wouldn't have another backup quarterback on my roster anyway if I had Rodgers. But I am a little bit convinced. You have the malleable New Orleans Saints defense for Dak coming up. The Philadelphia Eagles, who are apparently playing wide receivers in practice because they just don't have enough corners um, to play against. Um, The Colts in a dome, which is nice. And then the super terrible Tampa Bay Buccaneers is a really nice schedule. And I just feel like over the past two to three games, they've really started to figure out what to do with Amari Cooper and turn him into a wide receiver one again, which is fantastic. I love seeing it. But yeah, even... Zeke Elliott, they're not just running him into a stacked box anymore. They're using him in more creative ways, which is nice to see. 
is it crazy to uh to say that maybe that was a good trade that Amari Cooper maybe was worth a first round pick? Can, can I can I tack on a hot take here in response to that, Pete? Yeah. Amari Cooper is going to finish with the highest target total from here on out of all wide receivers in the NFL. They are force feeding the ball to him to make this look like it was a good trade, even though they're still not playing him in the slot. He would be so good in the slot. They make a premium. I love how I love how Amari Cooper has pretty good success in in Dallas as and is coming off of his biggest game. He's now returned to fantasy relevant. It's like everything is trending up for Amari Cooper. Everyone feels good for him. He's like, oh, he got it out of Oakland. He's now in a good situation. Good for Amari. And Nick's like, no, they're giving him the ball too much. They're well, making it, him look good. <laughs> this is not even Amari Cooper being good. They're just making him look yeah, good. Yes. I'm just going to nail that. Yep. Got to save face. <laughs> I said this when the Raiders made the trade. You should be sweating a little bit to trust John Gruden to actually hit on those first round draft picks that he has. And Amari Cooper right now, his play, the way he's running routes and connecting with Dak Prescott should make every Oakland slash Las Vegas Raiders fans sweating under the collar. Yeah. Gruden oh, yeah. can't wait to draft Sebastian Janikowski again. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, that's going to be good. Clark, give us your first uh, fantasy playoff. Hot take. So my fantasy playoff hot take is that the Bears are going to ruin the fantasy season for both the Rams and the Packers owners Woo. in weeks 14 and 15. Uh, you're going to have to get away from these games. The Rams seem to be coming back to earth, which for the Rams still means they are amazing, but... Uh, we saw some disappointing turnouts this week from high-powered offenses. The Bears' defense looks for real, and it's going to suck for all of those one seeds losing in the first round in Week 14. That's going to be that's a really I, there's the only defense in this in the NFL that I trust is the Bears' defense, and I think you're right. We already talked touched briefly on the Packers, but Clark, I think you're right about the Rams in that. Is, what what week do they play? Week 15, you said? Uh, the Rams get them in week 14. Okay. And week 15, uh, the Bears take on the Packers. Yeah. Yeah, I I think you're right. I think that could be a challenging week for the Rams. And, and a lot you could see some of those kind of high-powered guys that you really rely upon. Todd Gurley, uh, Brandon Cooks, um, uh, Robert Woods, maybe even Jared Goff. You could see them uh, have a mediocre game, which is the last thing you need when you're pushing to make that second round of the playoffs. I'm going to disagree on this one only because I'm just, I'm not a bears believer. And you, I'm can't, not you can't say nice things about the bears. It's like, it's like uh, I, uh, Clark with the Jaguars. We understand. Except, except Clark is probably more right this year. Um, <laughs> I, just, the Seahawks. I can't trust it because Sean McVay is Sean McVay. And also uh, the Packers were one of the teams that handed the bears a loss this season. And I just think because of that, Epic, awesome Aaron Rodgers esque <laughs> comeback that they had in week one during that game. That they're just not scared of the Bears. Like, I don't think they're afraid of them, and they haven't been for the past few years, even if they might be playing pretty well. So, so uh, a brief anecdote to build on this. Uh, and one of the leagues that I commissioned, I was trying to get a rule change early in the year, and I had this one owner who was like livid. He was so mad. What was the rule? How, it was uh, it was trying to incorporate um, uh, uh, t- t- uh, I think it was leftover uh, uh, auction money for the fab budget. And it was just an oversight. It was something that I had, I meant to bring up right before the draft. And I, I ended up bringing it up afterwards. Anyway, very upset. A um, few weeks later, 
he is he he owns uh, Melvin Gordon and Tyreek Hill, and I think whispers started to come out like, well, you gotta wonder if people are gonna get rested. Next thing you know, I get a text from him that's going, "Hey, have you uh, have you considered maybe like shortening the length of the season?" That's why you do it right before, so you don't have to worry about that week seventy. Well, now he's uh, now yeah. he's already screwed because Melvin Gordon is gonna be they're gonna yeah, bench now, him yeah, for the rest of the season. Trouble. Yeah, they're not gonna risk him getting injured before the playoffs. I'm forced not having a championship game in week 17 because obviously every good team is riding good players on good teams into the oh. into the playoffs in general, but not week 16. Right. No way. Yeah, our, our league way too crucial. Our, our league is week 16. He good. wanted shorter than that. He wanted shorter than week 16? Oh, oh, he's yeah, right out of yeah. town. Oh, yeah. No, he wanted 14 or 15. Oh, <laughs> what? Wait, hold on. You wouldn't let me add $11 from the draft, but you're – He's like, I would like, the, I would like the season, season to be two weeks. four weeks long and then the playoffs to be four weeks long. We're done by week eight. Does that sound good to everyone? I was like, get the hell out of here, Mike. I think, oh, <laughs> Mike getting called out on the podcast. <laughs> no bleeping there. <laughs> I want nearly a full month of football just <laughs> hacked off the end of the <laughs> No way. No way. Uh, Nicholas, what's your uh, first uh, hot take for the fantasy playoffs? So I got, I got, uh, it's a, it's a twofer because that's apparently what I always do. So at the end of the year, uh, a lot of um, outlets, Yahoo and ESPN, will put out their lists of uh, like top ten or fifteen most owned players on playoff and championship rosters. I'm calling right now, uh, both Gus Edwards and Josh Adams will be two of the most highly owned players for all playoff and championship teams. Um, If you got Josh Adams, you were probably one of the guys who got him a few weeks before the hype kind of started. Maybe Gus Edwards, I don't know. But it's so unlikely that bell cows spring up at this point in the season. And both of these guys have pretty stellar schedules. Warren Sharp actually has the Baltimore run defense schedule as the second easiest for the rest of the season. They get Atlanta, Kansas City, Tampa Bay, and the Chargers, which is insane. The Eagles get uh, Washington, Dallas, Rams, and Houston. There's a little bit of up and down there, but there's also a lot of there's some there's some charity to be had there. So I think these guys are going to be. You're probably starting them as a flex, and you're likely getting high-end uh, running back two production. I think both these dudes are going to smash for the rest of the year. And if you've got one, you're in great shape. Doesn't it I'm seem like the Ravens just always have somebody new pop up and all of a sudden they're rushing for 100 yards a game? I, I just they feel like always, everybody should run every they always, back. Yeah, they always seem to be able to stumble upon these running backs. Just like uh, Pete Carroll can pull a, a secondary player out of his butthole. Uh, the Ravens always seem to manage to be able to just like coach up running backs to be like, Hey, fall forward. And you got a hundred yards in a game. And they're like, what, where do these guys come from? Where does, where does Madden generated player Gus Edwards come from? Come on. For, for every uh, secondary player that Pete Carroll pulls out of his rump, he sends one running back either to the Ravens or the Cowboys. And there you go. drives me up the wall. That's how, that's how, that's how the magic works. Um, yeah. Nick, I like yours, and I like your point so much that I'm actually going to take my next fantasy playoff. Uh, hot! Um, and bump it forward, because I'm going to build off of that. Uh, Gus Edwards, Josh Adams, you both talked about are people who have very good schedules. It's not likely you're going to get a bell cow right now. I think you can get a bell cow right now, and I think that guy's name is Justin Jackson for the San Diego Chargers. 
who's 1% owned in Yahoo leagues. The Chargers have the fourth easiest schedule for running backs moving forward. He put up a very good game spelling Melvin Gordon when he was out uh, seven carries for 57 yards against the Cardinals on Sunday. But the biggest thing is, and, and I briefly alluded to this earlier, I don't think the Chargers are going to play Melvin Gordon unless they absolutely need to. I think that they have a, they're, they're going to be able to uh, ride the momentum and stay atop the uh, AFC West. So that's not going to be an issue. I think that you're going to rely on Philip Rivers in that passing attack now that Mike Williams is suddenly scoring touchdowns. You guys, this beer bet that I have, not to go on on a tangent, this beer bet I have is very, very close to coming 100% true. If Keenan Allen only scores at most one more touchdown for the rest of the season and Mike Williams catches three more, your boy about to get some beers. Anyways, uh, but mainly what I think it is, it's, Melvin Gordon is so important to that offense. And if they're going to make a true playoff push, I don't think you put him back in. If he has a sprained MCL, let that thing rest unless you absolutely need him. And I think in the meantime, you're going to see a lot of Justin Jackson. You're going to see a lot of Austin Eckler as well, but Jackson is going to be, I think their primary running, running downs back. Um, And he was very productive. And again, he, he got such an easy schedule that I think he's just, he's that guy who, you're going to get right now, you can get right now, and he can win you a championship because he the workload is there for a guy right during the playoff stretch, and he's available for everyone. I like that, except the Chargers, for every year that Phillip Rivers has existed, has just found a way to crush San Diego Charger fans and believers. But you're right. I mean, he's hopefully going to be the last guy that pops up that you can go and get because um, running backs are just few and far between this time of the year. Right. But that's, you raise a very good point, Clark, that anyone who, who rests their hopes on the San Diego slash Los Angeles chargers is just bound for failure. You just, it's, you're a silly person for even putting any kind of faith in them because they will find a way to squander it. Like the, the Broncos are going to need 18 different things to happen week 17 and it's going to work. And they're, they're all going to happen. The Broncos are going to make the playoffs and the chargers are not going to, yep, totally. You'll, and they'll all come down to a missed field goal or something. You know it will. That's just how the Chargers seasons always go. I can see the Chargers resting Melvin Gordon for at least two weeks because they're a game behind the Chiefs right now, but they play Kansas City in week 15. And I feel like that they might be aiming for that to be like the game that they resuit him back up and, you know, put the cape on him, have us, him save the season and get them the division. But also, Phil Rivers went 28 of 29 yesterday. He, they don't yeah. need, I mean, much to the detriment of Melvin Gordon owners like myself, they don't necessarily need Melvin Gordon out there right now as long as Phillip Rivers is throwing the ball as hot as he is. I do appreciate all you three guys when I said that the Chargers were atop the AFC West, not immediately being like, oh, Pete, do you remember the Chiefs? Are you an idiot? So I, I appreciate I appreciate not the immediate interruption and, and letting me bathe in my, uh, my wrongdoing. They're the second other best than, team. Yeah, yeah, other than the Chiefs, they're right at the top. They're right at the top. That's true. I so, just completely forgot about them. Out of sight, I, out of mind. I really like this, Pete. I was trying to figure out – I didn't get a chance to watch this game, so I was trying to figure out if Justin Jackson's touches uh, came basically like after they benched Eckler because they were blowing out um, – were they, was it the Cardinals? Yeah. Um, it was Kurds. And so, yeah, I'm wondering if, like, if he just had, like, a heyday in garbage time. Because I like him as a player a lot. And, yeah, like you said. I mean, it was garbage time. It's like, it, by no stretch of the imagination was it still a game. 
but, like, but I'll but I'll take that level of production. Like I'll take the even okay. if you even if you like draw it back a little bit, right? I mean, he averaged eight yards per carry roughly. There's a lot of room That's to change. Insane. I think I think the bigger thing that I took away from it was that I just I think the Chargers are going to still treat Austin Eckler as a change of pace passing downs back. Okay. I don't think they're going to try to make him be their feature back with Melvin Gordon out, which means okay. that there's touches to go around for Justin Jackson, meaning Justin Jackson, who looked good, is going to be facing some pretty bad defenses that he can probably eat. And it's, it's just in the situation where it's like he gets you 50 yards and a touchdown in your flex. So sick. I'll take that. So, for, you know. Yeah, uh, that, that makes a ton of sense. That Boom. Ton of sense. Uh, Jowden. What's your what's your final uh, fantasy playoff? Well, so Nick brought up in the group Slack that he had teammates as um, players that were for his fire hot takes, but I have a feeling that we are going to talk about the same person here, so maybe we should tag team this. Lamar Jackson? Lamar! Question mark? Dude, I, he's so sick. My, mine was just the two running backs, but I did think about doing uh, Lamar too, so you can take it away. Oh, okay. Um, Lamar Jackson, carry us into the promised land. He is a quarterback that you do not have to worry about um, starting and getting those points because even though his passing stat lines may not be that impressive, he's probably going to get you 100 yards on the ground, which is fantastic. <laughs> and they're doing this purposefully. It's not like the play is breaking down and Lamar Jackson has to figure out a way to um, get out of the pocket and escape. They are purposely running um, with Lamar Jackson. And as Nick stated before about the second easiest running schedule for the Ravens, this also accounts for Lamar Jackson as well because they are basically wildcatting him all over the place. Um, so same with the Colts. They're 6-5. and five. They're battling for a playoff spot. Um, there's some worry that Flacco might come back, but I feel like since Lamar Jackson already has led them to two wins, like you if it ain't it. broke, we've don't fix that type of thing. Yeah, we've talked about this before. You're, John Harbaugh would be an idiot to uh, to bench the most exciting player the Ravens have had since Ray Lewis. Yeah, and if he allows Lamar Jackson to carry them into the playoffs, that is also a season-saving move or a career-saving move for him in Baltimore, I should say. Um, Lamar is averaging 5.1 yards per carry in those two games. Um, And by DVOA, they face the Chiefs, Buccaneers, and Chargers. So by DVOA, the Chiefs are 26th overall in DVOA, 32nd against the run. The Buccaneers are 31st overall, 27th against the run. And then in Week 16, they do have the Chargers, which is a little tough because they're 11th overall, but 18th against the run. And the Chargers just lost Corey Lugit for the year. So I think that has a pretty big effect on their defensive line for um, stopping the run. And uh, Lamar Jackson is just, he's phenomenal. He's going to run the ball over the field. And as the season goes on here, as he gets more starts under his belt, I think he's just going to become a little bit more of a crisp passer and um, maybe limit those interceptions that he's been having. It brings such warmth and joy to my heart watching Jordan fluctuate from the sadness talking about the Packers to just the sheer joy and ecstasy and just the smile on his face anytime Lamar Jackson is brought up. It's just a beautiful it's a beautiful sight to behold. You know what? I love Lamar Jackson. He's definitely a NFL quarterback and 
is perfect because he is a fantasy quarterback. He for is. every interception he throws, he, he makes up for it by getting 50 yards on the ground anyway. So It's so much fun to watch. He's the perfect fantasy quarterback because not only does he get you just a ton of points because of his rushing and throwing ability, but he's also like the perfect quarter or perfect player where you watch that game because he's on your fantasy team and you're like holy crap this guy's amazing and super exciting you know like you'll tune into games or teams that you don't really care about but you're like oh this guy's on my fantasy team if you had lamar on your team and you're like all right sure whatever i'll watch a ravens game just to see how lamar does and you watch him play and you're like this guy is amazing yeah right now he's like a a less polished cam newton because you you like cam newton's fantasy stat line because of uh, what he can do on the ground but lamar jackson is like purposefully doing this on the ground and it's so much fun to watch but he's the lightning version yeah he looks like vic he looks like michael vic yeah it's scary it's scary. he moves so well it's it's so so exciting this podcast i think over under spends at least five to ten minutes each episode talking about lamar jackson (laughs) i mean i own him in i think every league because i was way ahead of the curve we were way ahead of the curve. This podcast has been on Lamar since he before he got drafted. Yeah, yeah totally true. I drafted I'm him in a, in a dynasty league. Oh, <laughs> oh wow! Yes, you guys are super, super cool. Sub Clark, I need start? him and Gus Edwards to power my eighth place team in my big money league. So I need these two out of nowhere guys to crush the much better teams in my league. So I have put all of my chips on the Lamar Jackson Gus Edwards combo perfect Mark, did you see that uh titans tight end run like 99 yards for a touchdown a little while no ago? i missed that did he perfect. go completely on freaking covered the whole no, way he, and he, like no one he, was paying attention to him the whole time i didn't so, see that so the the tight end so he's like 260 outran a number of defenders but also <laughs> broke tackles i don't know what he didn't do on the play <sighs> of this podcast in general is talking about Lamar Jackson. 50% of it is us trolling each other. I love it. This is a great show. Uh, Clark, your final fantasy player. How do this take in the world? I'm going to change it up from a hot take just to some advice. (laughs) DSTs coming down. The lazy pause there was perfect. I wanted to let it sit for a bit. <laughs> to announce that he's going off script and not hearing hot takes. So, Pete, it's not a hot take, so take that whole little sing song back. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right, what do you got? Yeah, it's our 90th episode, Pete. This is on for <laughs> DSTs are probably the least owned thing and can have the biggest impact as you go down weeks 14, 15, 16. Uh, a lot of people aren't going to be paying attention in your league, and a lot of these teams are available. So Denver is 50% owned. I know they had a good game against uh, the Steelers, so they might be a hot commodity. But week 14, 15, 16, they have San Francisco, Cleveland, and Oakland. So nice. for your fantasy playoff, super strong schedule for a team that's coming on strong. Uh, the Titans, even though nobody in the Titans-Texans game tonight is playing defense, uh, week 14, 15, 16, hosts – the Jaguars then go to New York to play the Giants and then host the Colt McCoy-led team from Washington. Very nice. So another super strong schedule. So if you can run out and pick up one of these teams, uh, the, they may get you you know, that extra four or five points that will put you over the top. 
And that's such a good point too about position is just the fact that like no one really cares or pays attention to DST. And so if you like, that's a, that's a difference maker, right? Most likely when you're in the championship or when you're in the playoffs, you're going to be pretty even at every position. And if you can get that pretty, that edge, just V just because you're paying attention to DST and you're playing the matchups that can get you a win. And I really, I love both Denver and particularly the Titans schedule moving forward. That's super nice. Cause I think Denver is peaking right now. Uh, and they have something to play for. And I think having something to play for during the playoffs just suddenly primes a whole team to obviously play better and be better and, and rise to the occasion. I think the, the Broncos are certainly one team to do that. No, I like the Broncos just collectively. I, I think uh, the point you make about their schedule and the fact that they actually have something to play for, I'm looking at the AFC standings right now, and it's, kind of a crapshoot. There is one, two, three, four, five, six teams, including the Broncos that are either six or five or five and six, um, including these uh, Indianapolis Colts slash Tennessee Titans in the AFC South. So it's, they still have something to play for. Definitely that wild card spot. Cause I don't see them overcoming the chargers and chiefs, but that could be a division to watch and their defense look pretty decent against a pretty strong Pittsburgh offense. Yeah, that uh that pick to seal the game was quite impressive and very Ben uh Ben Big Ben-esque. Yeah, Pittsburgh, thanks for going away from James Conner who's been putting you on his back yeah, and what taking the hell? way to avoid him God. down the stretch. Good work everybody. Nailed it. Good work, Mike Tomlin. You're killing it. You're killing it and you're killing the team. Uh so there you go. There are some hot takes that will ultimately come true and help you and benefit you uh throughout the fantasy playoffs that is also my audition tape uh to be the lead singer of the darkness so if you guys uh need a new wide uh, lead singer who can hit those high falsetto notes i'm your man you all heard it here live on the show uh until then Make sure to subscribe on iTunes and on Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Only if you get your podcasts from one of those two places, because that's the only places we're on. We're also on SoundCloud. Uh, give us five stars. Leave us a nice review. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter, at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself, at Pete M. Rogers. Follow Clark, at NFL Clark. Jordan, at Jordan underscore Smith 27. Uh, Nick, at Ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K. We will be back at you guys on Thursday to preview, what is that going to be, week 13, the first week of fantasy playoffs for many of us with some starts and sits. Uh, But until then, peace!